This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my illustrious co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you, illustrious? Illustrious. I feel like I've used that adjective before. And like, if anyone has a new adjective I can use to describe Bree, please let me know. I know. Come, I am lacking in creativity. Come visit <laughs> any of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Leave us some notes. Make a comment on the podcast, man. Like, just... Tell us some more adjectives. Tell we need some more help. Adjectives, yeah. I'm thinking colorful. Colorful. I do like your purple I, hair. Yes, the ombre. Was, yeah, the for those who haven't gotten to, to see me, I like colors. I, I was teal a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm back to purple again. Mm-hmm. I told somebody one day that you can always figure out my mood. Yeah. my hair is kind of like a mood ring. Really? It just changes So what does bit. purple mean in terms of mood? Purple to me means calm. Oh, okay. Teal means I'm feeling chaotic. Oh, that's good to know. Think back to every time you see me with teal here, <laughs> hair in my life, have I not been in a chaotic state? Teal means chaotic. Okay, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I don't yeah. have like color associations like that. Usually it's like if I've showered, I'm calm. And if I haven't, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to go. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was. I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's like I'm showered, showered like four days of not shower. That's right. You're right. I would, I would, yes. Like after that, I would definitely be like, come. I feel like during summit week, it was like that. It was like that. Yeah. I mean, it was so much fun, but it was like, wow. Like the party never stopped. The party. Yes. The party did never stop. But I'm sure like you, like people who are listening, you've gotten that way too where oh yeah something has consumed your entire brain and you just have no room for anything else. 
Oh, I, isn't that motherhood? Yes, <laughs> it children. is actually. It is motherhood <laughs> because like our kids consume our whole brain and then it's like, where is us? Where yeah. are we? And then all the other things that we have to do, right? Yeah. And then we feel like we are completely lost and like unbalanced. Yeah. I like always feel like I'm a new person whenever I'm out without my kids because it's like a piece of my brain has freed up. It is true. I mean, because you, you definitely have like when I am with my family, I have a million things running through my head at one time. Yeah. Everything from, you know, what schedule's coming up, who's going where, did I get dinner ready? Did I do I have enough ingredients? Um, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? What's going on this weekend? Oh, did I sign that slip? Like a million things, right? It never stops. Right. But then when you go out with your friends, all you're thinking about is like, where are we going next? Where are we going next? Oh my gosh, I Who haven't seen another drink? in so long. What's <laughs> going on with you? <laughs> like, right? Like that's all that pops in my brain. It's so interesting. I was I was just perusing through Instagram yesterday and there was this cartoon that came up and it was a side-by-side cartoon. One was a mom seeing the last like piece of fruit on the table and one was the dad seeing the last piece of fruit on the table. And the mom looks at it and is like, oh, it's the na- last ripe peach. I bet like my son would like this for breakfast tomorrow. And the dad looks at it and says, oh, it's the last ripe peach. I'm going to use this as a special treat in my smoothie. And I saw it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes, those dads always thinking about themselves. Like that was the first instinct. That was the first instinct. And then I read the caption and it said, this is not so much about the dads wanting the peach. This is about moms never taking what they want. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Because I fell into that too. I was like, that's like, so this true. is the right way to do things. You leave it for other people. But then yeah. when I read that, I'm like, oh, I totally do that. I don't I don't take things for myself. And we should. <laughs> right? It's self-care, people. It, we need to have some self-care because once we are burnt out yes. and we break, mm-hmm. there's nothing for anyone else. There isn't. And it's so interesting that we've been conditioned this way, that we should always leave stuff to other people. But the rest of the world has not been conditioned this way. And so there's no one to take care of us. Which is a really good point because we actually have something here at No Guilt Mom Mm -hmm. that helps us take care of one another, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) See? Lead in. Lead (laughs) in. You let it in really well. I wasn't even going that way, but it it really does lead in really well because something in... In No Guilt Mom that we try to do is I think a lot of parenting stuff out there focuses on just mom's interaction with their kids. Like, that's it. And then we're led to this place of overwhelm and feeling like we're not doing things right and we're not enough because we're not reacting to our kids in this way or we're not like helping them in their goals or letting them reach their full potential. But little is said about mom and like our state and what we need as humans. Right, because you can't be the person you want to be, the happy person you want to be or the the mom you want to be if you have nothing left in your cup. You absolutely cannot. And I think that there needs to be a middle ground. Like because you hear the other end of the spectrum with moms who like go out with their friends and they party and then they come home and they're like, I'm such a bad mom. I'm such a bad mom. I'm such a bad, like, and that's the narrative that we've been feeding ourselves. And there is no reason why you cannot be a great, like fun person who hangs out with friends and be a great mom at the exact same time. Uh, And that is what No Guilt Mom is all about. We are finding that for you. 
And let's get into something that we actually did in the Happy Mom Summit, Brie. I know. This was actually one of our most popular presentations that we had there. But it's because it's so simple Mm -hmm. and it breaks things down in a way that is so easy to understand. It is the peace process. It's how to be a more patient parent. And know as we go into this that coming in No Guilt Mom, we do not expect you to be patient in the absence of your own self-care. So it is going to be through that that you're getting the self-care you need as well as uh, this skill. So we can't wait. So let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So the peace process, and oh my gosh, I love a good acronym. Oh, I know. You're actually like, I have to say, like, we have talents between the two of us. Things that we are both really, really, really good at. And the acronym is your, like, superpower, girl. I like you the can, acronym. Like, like, we'll be coming up with ideas for something. We'll be, we'll be like, okay, so this is the general theme that we need to go for. And give you, like, I don't, anywhere from five minutes to an hour. And you come up with a perfect acronym for things. And I'm like, how did you come up with that? And you're like, I don't know. I feel like it's been years of, uh, especially in high school, like BSing English papers like the night before. <laughs> Just that part of your brain is really, really good at doing things on the fly. Man, man, I don't know. So again, like it, it's all about having that that ability there. You have got a gift. Peace, peace. It stands for uh, pause, ease, assumptions. Chase the why and exhale. And I'm going to explain each part of that process. And it's a way for you to get more peace in your life, more peace in your home, more peace around your kids. Right. It's it's a definite way that can help you feel calmer. So like we, we're going to be giving you actual techniques to both understand what's going on with your kids, what's going on with you, and that will help you increase your patience on, on a pretty long-term scale. Yes. So let's get into the first one. The first one is for pause. And pause doesn't mean like you're in the stressful situation, your kids are like melting down and you're like, I'm going to pause. No, it doesn't work that way, Barry. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no. Oh, God, that reminds me of like uh, this one music video I think Alanis Morissette had where she like she stood there and like all these people were just like running around her at like time lapse speed. And I think that's what a lot of us, sorry guys, I, allergies are lovely this week. Um, I think that that's what a lot of people kind of think of when you say pause, right? Mm-hmm. They think that the chaos is going on and you're going to be able to stop and do a mindful meditation. Yeah. That is not what we're telling that you. That is not it. Also because you're probably in the habit of reacting in a situation. And so you can't just go and change that habit just immediately by saying like, oh, now instead of reacting and yelling, I'm going to pause. It doesn't work. Like it doesn't no. work. You're up against an impossible situation So do situation not beat there. yourself up for that. Do not beat do yourself not. up. The way what pause means is after the fact. So say your child has just left all their stuff on the living room floor and you ask them to kindly pick it up and then they start yelling at you and saying that they don't have time and oh my gosh, they don't like this and they don't want to do this and and then you lose it and you're like, 
you need to do this right now or else we're not going to school. And it just goes downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. The, I call it angry mom. Angry mom. <laughs> and I mean, it happens. House. It totally happens. So after it happens and you notice it, and usually we feel pretty bad about it after we, we lose it with our kids and the stress of everyday living. I mean, it is it is hard. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. After it happens, you pause, and you're going to go through a thing we like to call HALT. It stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And you're going to think about that situation, and you're first going to give yourself some self-compassion. And you're going to go through this list of things that may have triggered you. So the first is H of halt, hungry. Were you hungry? Hungry does stuff to me. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, hungry is a hard one for me. It's a hard one for my daughter. And our house actually, 
I have talked to my kids a lot about Halt because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like slightly skipping ahead on this and just going to tell you that my kids have full rights and I have told them this to question me anytime that I, I seem snappy, angry or frustrated mm-hmm. and to ask me, mom, are you? And then they can pick any of them that they want to. But normally I, my daughter almost always is, are you hungry or are you tired? And like, I can tell you one time my daughter brought me to tears. I was oh. like snapping and like super angry. Like everything she did, I was just like, that's wrong. Don't do this. Da, da, da. And she just finally looked at me and was like, mom, are you, are you hungry or tired? And I like stood there for a second and I was like, I both, I'm just so hungry and tired. Yeah. Yeah. And we need that. We need that ability. We need that. So ask yourself if you're hungry. Angry, um, yeah. Angry is the next one in halt. So is something else outside of the situation upsetting you? Right. How many times have you had something go wrong at work mm-hmm. or or anywhere? Like, But I'm going to say work because that, that seems like a big scenario a lot of – or you had a fight with your spouse or something. You or know? maybe it's family members. Yeah, or other family members, mm-hmm. right? And then – and then it's time for you to spend one-on-one time with your kids. Like maybe you're driving to school, whatever, and you are just crabby. Yeah. It's okay to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just angry about something that happened earlier mm-hmm. and try to process. But in this reflection process, this pause, you're going to look back and see like, okay, was I angry? Right, right. Another one is lonely. Have you had much connection with other people lately? Do you feel like you're stuck doing the same thing over and over again? Yeah. And if you're lonely, that's something to note. Right. Right. And you know, it's, I think too, sometimes when you're reflecting on the loneliness, that can also be a little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you're, of bitterness. With right. Loneliness. Like loneliness can bring in that that sneaky bitterness of where you find that you're angry that your kids are getting to do something or your spouse is getting to do something or that even your, your maybe your sister or your best friend's getting to do something. And why can't I do that? Because you don't feel like you have the permission to do it. Yeah. So lonely is a good thing to note as well. And then the final of halt is tired. Yes. Yeah. That's a big one for me. And (laughs) I mean, sometimes you don't even realize how tired you are until you take this step to pause and ask yourself the question and be like, am I tired? Like, am I sluggish? Was it hard for me to wake up this morning? Do I need more rest? Right. And you know what? And again, it's important to say this with this, guys. When you're going through this, this reflection, it is not time to beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. You don't say anything like, oh, I'm just so bad at getting to sleep on time. Like, and no, just acknowledge it. Dude, yeah. I'm tired. You know, life happens. Yeah, it's all about giving yourself that self-compassion. And what this pause does is the more often you do it after the fact, it's gonna retrain your brain to realize more closer to the moment it's happening. So like after you do this and you're like, oh my gosh, I realize like I'm I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Like every time you do it, pretty soon your brain's going to realize before you snap, oh wait, am I hungry? Should I stop here? Right. <laughs> You'll start being more aware of it that it's like it's coming, that you're getting to that point. Mm-hmm. But you gotta take that pause. So pause is so important. It's just the reflection, giving yourself self-compassion and trying to find out what your trigger might be. So I want to talk about the next one. Mm-hmm. E stands for ease. And ease. I think that one's a little bit harder for us to kind of understand. What what that what that is exactly means? So ease really has to do with boundaries and how you can easily enforce your boundaries with like kids or with um with other people in your life. And a lot of times we do something that we feel we have to do out of obligation. 
And then after doing that out of obligation, we'll get really angry, we'll get upset, we'll feel like mentally really worn down. And so ease is about how well can you really stick to those boundaries with an easy way to do it. So one thing I like to use, we're both a big fan of this, <laughs> is the when then with our kids. This is huge. I th- And you know, and in case you're wondering when we're talking about this, it works with all age groups. It works with everything. Like I think I pull when thens out like, twice a day, three times a day, because it's one of those things where if you need something to be done or if you expect your kids to have something done um, before you do something else, you can pull out a when then and you don't have to deal with the power struggle. You don't have to deal with the fighting. It's just a simple statement of fact. So uh, for example, my (laughs) socks in the living room, I don't know if anyone else has this problem, but oh my gosh, my kids go to the living room, they take off their socks and they leave them like in places in the living room. So (sighs) like at the end of the week, there's like five pairs of socks, like not all together. It's like one here, one there, one there. I'm surprised that that Addie doesn't eat them, the dog. No, she doesn't. I wish she did because that would be, that'd (laughs) be some good natural consequence. (laughs) They would just be like, oh, we're just not going to wear socks anymore, mom. <laughs> I'm like, great. So these socks in the living room, they really bother me. And uh, my kids usually always want to do something in the evening or they treat yourself as big in our house. It's always an ask for treat yourself or going on a bike ride or playing a video game with my son. Um, all these things, kids always, there's always an opportunity because kids always ask for it. And so when then is great because I could pull in a, hey, like when the living room is clean, then we can play a video game (laughs) and I could do it smiley and you could like play with your tone like that. I mean, you could do anything. Hey, when the dishwasher is unloaded, then we can go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, no, we do this in our house too. Like I don't know about how many of you guys out there and I am willing to bet there's a lot of you. Um, I can't, I have a really hard time getting one of my kids to do the chores that they say that they we we've already gone through a whole other thing. We've talked about chores on other podcasts here, but um, there is uh, two chores that my daughter has to do every week, mm-hmm. and she does not like doing them. Mm-hmm. And we've given many many different situations, and I have found that the wind then has been the most effective. Oh yeah, wind because, then is so good, right? Because in her case, she has something that she wants to do every Wednesday. She wants to go to youth group at church, which I'm totally down with. That's awesome. That's great. I'm glad you're wanting to go do that, but. In order for you to get that ride to church, you need to do your chores here at home. Mm-hmm. And the first time, it was a showdown. It was a showdown. The chores were not done. The ride did not appear. Mm-hmm. She really thought I was bluffing. <laughs> then the next week when it happened again, okay, yeah, great. No problem. When you get the chores done, then you get a ride. But with the when then, you didn't have to fight her on no, it. No, no, there was, was no fighting. It was a statement of fact. Was she, a, was she a little bit upset the first week that she didn't get to go? Yeah, but it was a short term thing. And I repeat and very calmly just kept repeating back like, did was this something you agreed to? Yes. And then I told you that if you needed a ride from me to get to church because it's, you know, 10 miles away and we live in Phoenix, uh, you need a ride. So you have to get your chores done that you agreed to do first. Anyways, my point being is that second week, got done very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then every time since, like anytime that there's ever any question, I'm just like, when you get this done, then we do that. And it's been very effective. It really helps get rid of a lot of frustration on both of our ends. Yeah. And we're both more patient. It's much more easier. 
Yes. Easier because you yes. have the when then. Yes. So that's what ease is about. It's about how easy you can state your boundaries and when then is a great tool to use to do that. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're aiming more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, the next one, assumptions. Assumptions. So assumptions are like the best thing I know of to keep your patience because a lot of us have this narrative going on in our heads about the reasons our kids act the way we do. they do. Some of it is, oh my gosh, they're so lazy. I can't let them be this lazy because then what happens when they get older and they're still lazy and like- They they're end up living in a van down by the river. Living Come in on. a van down by the river. Sometimes you guys, we I, know that's the route it goes. <laughs> and sometimes I think of my son and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be blamed by his future wife as not raising him correctly. <laughs> like that's the fear sometimes. Like the fear of judgment of other people comes oh, in. Yeah. The fear that you are a failure as a mom comes in. Oh, yeah. All of those are really normal and they're very, very common. And a lot of them stem from assumptions behind behavior. Right. Uh, and so when we look at our assumptions and we ask ourselves, okay, is are they really lazy? Am I just assuming they're lazy? Well, I think a lot of us tend to naturally go straight to that because it's mm-hmm. the most obvious reason there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times too um, – Again, like you just said, like we have this narrative in, in our head about what's going on. It, it reminds me of that meme that we see a lot out there where it's like, you know, the wife and the and the husband are in bed together and like the wife's looking one direction, the husband's looking the other and the wife's like, I, I bet he's thinking about like other girls or something and he's over there like, you had one about a sandwich. Like if a piece of bread falls on the earth on one side, and a piece yeah. of bread falls on the earth on the other side, does the world become a sandwich? I love that one. Like, I, but that's it. Like again, like if they're not doing their chores, we're assuming that they are. They don't care about getting things done in the mm-hmm. house. They are lazy and they just want to do what they want to do. They don't care about our feelings. That's a big assumption that comes in, right? And yeah. then like I, one big like mind blowing thing. We had an episode where we were talking with um, Katie Hurley about uh, teens and anxiety. And she talked about this. This was like an offshoot about how her daughter wasn't making up her bed. And she assumed that her daughter just didn't care. And then one day she asked her daughter, like, why aren't you doing it? Um, Don't you do you know how to make up your bed? Because Katie's like, come on, it's not pull up a cover, right? Mm -hmm. And her daughter's like, no, I don't. And that's why I'm not doing it. 
Boom. Assumptions, assumptions really play with our patients a lot. And do. my rule is for myself is usually if it's fear-based, if I am thinking about something that I am fearful of happening in the future based on the behavior I see, it's pretty much guaranteed it's an assumption. Oh, yeah. And that's where we go into the next step of the peace process. The C, which is called chase the why. And this phrasing comes from Dr. Daniel Siegel and Dr. Tina Payne Bryson's, uh, all of their work, really. I've seen Chasing the Why and Whole Brain Child, as well as their other books. But this is really being a detective and finding out the reason behind your kid's behavior. Yeah. And we go into that a lot in Calm and Happy Parenting about how to do that and how to be the detective and what questions to ask. Well, and we also follow through with that a lot. I mean, did you talk about common high parenting? Mm -hmm. We follow through with that a lot in balance too. Yeah. Because it's a skill that we all need to keep working on. Because first of all, old habits die hard. Mm -hmm. So assumptions are not easy to get rid of if you've been doing them for a long time. Second of all, we are humans. Yes. We are going to, our brains look for patterns and easy solutions And sometimes it's a lot easier to go with the assumption than to chase the why. Yes. And chasing the why, some possible things that could be going on when, say, like kids, like refusing to do their chores, uh, some of them could be kids' own emotions. Like Mm -hmm. if they have halt going on, if they're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, that could be a reason they're pushing back. Yeah. If there are sensory issues at play where maybe the house is like really, really noisy and the child is very amped up. And just more likely to respond in an explosive manner because of that. Yeah. Um, if they are experiencing any anxiety or any stress, maybe from schoolwork or especially with teens, homework and expectations. Yeah. I mean, that's a why to chase as well. There's a lot of reasons behind kids' behaviors that we don't give them credit for. Right. And sometimes they don't even know. So yeah. like it, it's worth giving a vested interest in it. So like asking them like, you know, hey, when you're when they're not explosive in the moment, again, like talking about what's going on, what's having, you know, is there something I can help you with? And something we forget about as adults is that we see a chore that a kid needs to do, like say it's loading the dishwasher. And if it's not done, we as adults automatically jump to, oh my gosh, they're not keeping on top of their chores. Right. Like they're not contributing to the family. Whereas if we as adults, we had that chore, and the dishwasher's not loaded, we will attribute it to all the other things going on in our lives. Oh my gosh, work is so busy right now. I am so tired. I can't, uh, like, I, I can't do this chore right now. So usually those are our kids' reasons for doing not doing the chore as well, but we forget that. Bingo. Mm-hmm. I think that is a huge thing to realize that we often give ourselves, like, again, like you just said, as adults, we'll be like, oh, well, I had a lot to do at work. So it's understandable that I didn't get the chore done. And you know what? You're right. It is understandable. It is understandable totally yeah. fine. But like you just said, give that same grace of chasing the why to see if those are the same reasons for our kids. Mm-hmm. And then the same things that we do as adults to get us to actually do the work, we can help our kids then learn yeah. those skills and how to push through. Yeah, because unfortunately, they don't they don't just like pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. And then <laughs> the that- last is exhale. <gasps> <sighs> We had to do that one. We had to do that one. And this is just using a calming strategy for when you're stressed or angry or overwhelmed. And something, one of my favorite calming strategies is, is, especially when my kids are ticking me off, (laughs) I like to talk through my anger out loud because I'd be like, okay, 
I am really upset that I am getting yelled at right now. I'm going to take a deep breath. That didn't work. I'm going to take another deep breath. Okay, I'm feeling a little bit calmer now. I'm going to step away from the situation and go into the bathroom and try to see if alone time will help me calm down even more. And I'll say this out loud to my kids and my kids will just be staring at me. They'll be like, oh my gosh, we broke mom. (laughs) We broke her. It is very, okay. So I have to say, first of all, that is a, that is something that we actually actively teach in early childhood for parents. Mm-hmm. Like the importance of our children seeing that we have emotions mm-hmm. and seeing us go through self-regulation, calming techniques. Because first of all, children look at us and think that we have got our stuff all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you only knew the glue that's holding things together sometimes. <laughs> like I, the, the things we have hidden behind the veil that our kids don't see. Like, oh, I can't let my kid know that I'm upset about this because I, they can't see me cry because it'll make them upset. Like they need to see that Big emotions happen and you can move through them. And like you just said, that was a great thing about talking through. And another great factor about that too, if you don't typically do this and you have kids that are like, you know, over the age of like maybe three, they're going to have that shock factor when you first do it. They're going to be like, whoa, wait, what? Like you said, like, did we break you? Did we break you? And you know, (laughs) I say that as a joke, but I also say it because it helps me in the moment when I'm really angry because I'm like, oh, my kids are going to think they broke me. But it's actually for a good reason, because not only am I modeling my calm down strategy as well as modeling that, hey, I get mad too, but they see me and they see the thought process going on as I talk myself down. So it only has benefits for them. And the them also thinking that I've gone a little crazy is like that little, oh, for me, that reminds me to do it in the moment because I'm angry. Right, right. So it, these are huge things. So like you said, like talking about halt, checking in on, on are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired, mm-hmm. talking through things, taking deep breaths. I know for me, when I am super angry, I will say to my kids, I am really upset now. I need to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's like, that's the point where my kids are like, oh, we broke mom. Uh, but like, if I go for a walk, like I need that physical like impact of like stepping on the pavement hard to get myself through it sometimes. And it's yeah. okay. It it's is okay. It is better than okay because you are showing how you step out of the situation before you lose it with people. Right. And if more adults had that skill, the world would be a happier place. True. True that. Yeah. So that is peace. It is pause, ease, assumptions, chasing the why, and exhale. So... We we're gonna wrap this up now, Bri. I know, I know. So if you if you enjoyed this episode and you uh, decide to try some of these peace techniques, let us know. You know, drop us a review on the podcast. Send us an email at hello at noguiltmom.com. Let us know how this worked for you, and we can assure you that you know the best mom is a happy mom. So you do come first, Mama. You do come first, and there is a middle ground where you could be a happy person and be a great mom. And we're here to help you with that. Yep. So until next time, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. Thanks for stopping by.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.